0: Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people and lead in life. Enjoy the message. I just wanna take a moment for you to be able to hear even just the words that God is speaking over you today. Now it's a new year, it's 2023, 2022 is over. So no matter if it was the best year of your life or the worst year of your life, today is a new beginning and is available for you to walk in today. I want you to be able to hear what God is speaking over you today. Sometimes it's hard to understand and even think the possibility that, because we base it off of evidence if God is really for us, if he's really with us. And sometimes we forget to think of the things that possibly could have happened but never did now i'm not talking about fear or worry many things many times we blame god for the things that happened in our life but we don't thank him for the things that never did happen because we don't know of the things that he saved us from come on how many thankful that god helped you pass up some things that look like opportunities in your life but why'd they break up with me that was god I just want to be able to help you know know. January 1st 2023 guys the word of God is so true God he is with you even when you don't feel like it even when you have a tough time finding the evidence I hope that you can leave here today knowing how much he is with you and for you if you're a child of God a daughter a son of God you are his child and as a dad Nothing pushes my buttons more than if something comes against my kid. Just because I discipline them sometimes doesn't mean that I'm not with them. Doesn't mean that I'm not for them. I'm for their future. Maybe not their present momentary circumstance, but I know I'm going to use this for my good. And I want you to know that regardless of what your life has been like over the past year, 10 years, that you can know that in the future, God is still with you. He's still for you. And I pray that you would, your eyes would be able to be opened, to be able to see the things that God has prepared for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen? Amen. Hey, we're doing something a little bit different today. This is kind of how I want, just in this atmosphere of worship. I want to open up our Bibles, and I want to share our opening scripture today. Is from Psalm 92. If you have your Bible, if you don't have it, feel free to fall out your phone. And uh, there's an app called YouVersion, or you can even just Google Psalm 92. And uh, just out of reverence for the Word of God today, I'm going to ask that you all stand to your feet uh, as we read the Word of God here Psalm 92. We're starting a new series off for the year called Planted. And uh, there's there's a reason why the series is called Planted. I, I believe at the hardest of my hearts that God desires every single believer and follower of Christ to be planted in order to produce fruit. And so this verse we're going to be using over the next four weeks. So make sure not to miss a week because uh, we're going to be building one off of another and what this really means. So Psalm 92 Verse 14 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. I can't help but see the correlation between being planted and bearing fruit. I love that it says in old age, which means if you're not dead, God's not done. That he still has a purpose for you and a plan for your life. And here's the thing about plan I didn't plan to share this, but it's never, I can almost guarantee you, it will never look like how you thought it was gonna look like. You may have a thought pattern on how God is going to use you and what he's gonna do through you and how he's gonna get you to uh, have your brothers bow down to you, Joseph. It's a story in the Bible where man has a dream of these plants bowing down and wheat bowing down to him and stars bowing down he thought it was going to be one way but God had a different way and I can almost guarantee you that God's way is different why? because his ways are higher than yours thoughts are higher than yours how can he exceed your expectations if you set them and I don't know who this is here for today but it is not going to look like how you thought it was going to look like but you can take assurance in the fact that God's still working. It isn't by your strength, because then you'll look back and be like, this is how I got to the place where God used me. And what he wants you to do is get to the place and be able to look back and say, wow, there's no way I'm here except for God. For your life, I want you to be able to know that just because you have disappointments does not mean that God is still not working towards his purpose. And so we see they shall flourish even in old age. Don't cancel your calling if God hasn't canceled it, right? Don't forsake that future if God hasn't. He's still with you. He's still calling you to it. So he's called all of us to bear fruit. And that's what we're going to be talking about over these next four weeks. How would I believe at the core of Christianity how we as believers will bear fruit so, I'm going to be covering that. This is how we're going to get planted this year in the house of God. And so, today, what the biggest part about being planted in the house of God is the gathering. What we see happening each and every Sunday. Now, as much as we think this is church, this isn't really church. This is the church gathering together. The church is in a place. It's the people. It's the people, not a place. It's the people. So this is what we're doing each and every week. We gather together for equipping, encouraging, and strengthening to go back into the world. This is not the goal, right? The goal is actually outside the four walls of the church. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks. So before you sit down, let me pray over you today. Father God, I thank you for your word that is true. I pray that you would speak to us today. I know you're speaking, God, so open up our ears to hear you. Open our eyes to see you. God, we don't want to come in here and just hear a message, but we want to hear what you're speaking to us today. So for each and every heart that's in this house, each and every person that started their year off right coming into the house of God, I pray that you would meet them right where they're at, their level of expectation. And I pray that you'd help them lift their level of expectation, that you're going to speak to them today. And just right now, church, I want you to say these words after me as we close out this prayer. Say, Lord, I'm here. Speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for the word of God today. Come on. All right. You can, you can take a seat. Take a seat. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about what it means to be planted. If you're taking notes today, you can put that at the top. Of the title, and then the subtitle is "Gathering." The Gathering. I believe what it means to be planted. I believe there's four main things that we are called to do in order to be planted, in order that we may bear fruit in old age, in order that we may flourish in the course of our God. We are called to first be planted what does it mean to be planted i think there's some scriptures that can point that out but before we jump into that i want to talk about my definition of planted i call it the 4g's now i know we're on the 5g ultra wide band and and all of that fine fancy stuff but this is like old reliable 4g how many y'all thankful for 4g lte on your phones like I'm, i'm thankful for that especially when i don't have 5g but this is how i look at it is is when we talk about being planted in the house i look at it as through four ways through number one, the gathering, the growing, the giving, and the gifting. There's four. Four Gs right there. So if you're taking notes, write that down. The gathering, the growing, the giving, and the gifting. The gathering is what we see on Sundays typically. It's what we see if you're old school church like that Wednesday night prayer night. That's like the gathering of the body of Christ. Now, the growing, the growing is more like the smaller type house setting, the, uh, a restaurant setting where you're getting together with maybe 12, 20, 10, 5, whatever people. It's a smaller setting where they're sharpening. There's a, a level of diving into the word, Bible studies and prayer, which, by the way, it's group week this week. And in 2023, guess what? Every week is going to be group week in this house. So if you don't have a group yet, you can sign up via the Church Center app. You can stop by the Connect Corner. You signed up for a group and make it a priority to be in these small groups in which on your seat, I'm going to just highlight this real quick. We have a reading plan for you. It's 2023. No better time to start a Bible reading plan than the first day of the year. I know the font's kind of small. And if you can't read it, uh, we're going to have one on the website. And actually, you know what? I'm just going to say right now, Pastor Danny, if we could get a bigger font version up And then we'll be able to have those at the connect corner uh, for you in in two weeks' time. We'll be able to have that for you, and then you'll be able to pick that one up. It'll be a bigger font one, so this one will fit in your Bible. The other one will have to fold into your Bible. But we'll also have it available on the website tomorrow. You can go to Facebook, Instagram. This is a Bible reading plan that I've had since I was 17. So going on 15 years, uh, I've been doing this Bible reading plan every year. Now, there are some years, I want to say, where I've missed majority of this bible reading plan and so i want you to know that there is flexibility and whatever fits you best you don't have to do this bible reading plan you can find one on UVersion, version go one online just the big thing that i want you to take home january 1st get in the word of god like each and every single day get in the word of god whether it be a proverb day psalm day new testament whatever that may be old testament whatever that may be what i love about this one is that it proverb of the day, psalm of the day, it has some Old Testament, New Testament correlation that really uh, brings the word of God to life. So this is my favorite Bible reading plan I've ever encountered, and so I encourage you, give this one a shot. If you miss a day, if you're okay with just skipping those days and moving on to the next one, that's fine. But if you're like some people, like my wife, you got to go back and read those days you've missed, that's fine as well. So the big thing is just find what suits you best, get in a Bible get in the Bible on a daily basis, but our groups are gonna be going over this Bible reading plan. So every group week, which is every week, if your group falls on a certain day, it's gonna be talking about that Bible reading plan for that day. So I'm looking forward to being able to see the fruit that comes from people being a part of the growing together. So we were talking about the four Gs, the gathering, the growing, the giving, and the gifting, and today we're primarily gonna be talking about the gathering. Now I find these four Gs, Out of Acts chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, flip over to Acts chapter 2. We're going to be reading through verse 41 and 47. Uh, I find these four G's actually throughout this entire passage. So we're also going to be living here for the next four weeks. Starting in verse 41, we're going to be reading now the NIV translation. It says that those who accepted his message were baptized. The message was Peter's message after Jesus rose from the grave, and it was Pentecost. Jesus preached what it all meant, like the signs of speaking in tongues and everything that was happening. That He he shared the message of the gospel, which is about how Jesus died for our sins. He rose from the grave and is reunited with the Father, and now we can be reunited with the Father. That's the message. So they said, what do we do? We said, repent and turn to the Father and be baptized. So that's what they did. Can I tell you, Anytime you hear the word, you have to put it into action before it actually finds root in your life. Any word that you hear that goes in one ear and out the other that you never applied to your life is nothing more than head knowledge. It doesn't ever bring transformation. So in your life, you must apply the word of God, be doers of the word, and not just hearers. So we see that they accepted it and were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. So they did something with the word that they heard. Next verse says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I want you to underline that in your Bible, if you don't think it's wrong to underline your Bible, or write note, write a note right there. Say devoted. Devoted. I want you to write down Devoted. Devoted is a tricky word because devotion can be relative. My devotion to my wife will look different than someone else that says, well, I'm devoted to, if they're devoted to their wife as well, our devotion can look different. My devotion to church can look different than your devotion to church. I don't think it's important for us to establish what all of our devotions look like. I think it's important for us to find out What does God consider devotion? What is it? What is this word devotion and what does it mean to continually stay devoted to these things? It says they devoted themselves, which means that no one can make the devotion for you. You got to do it yourself. No one can grab your arm and force you to be devoted to the things of God. Eventually, you have to make a choice. You have to make a decision to be devoted to the things of God, which means that you have the ability not to be devoted to the things of God. You have the ability to choose the things of this world or the things of God. And what I want to be able to encourage you today in and what I want to be able to help our church And the gathering is us to be devoted to the things of God rather than the things of this world. Well, what does that look like? We'll get into that just in a little bit. What does it look like to be devoted to God? We find out they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe of the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. I see that as the gifting. Verse 44, all the believers were together, that's the gathering, and had everything in Common, right there, that's the giving. They sold property and possessions to give. That's the giving. To anyone who had need, that's the giving. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts, gathering. They broke bread in their homes and ate together, the growing, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. That's the gifting, and and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So I see these four Gs throughout this entire thing, the gathering, the growing, the giving, and the gifting. And I want to talk about this idea that as a church, us gathering together is for the corporate teaching, is for the corporate worship, and it's for the equipping, not the escaping. That's important for us to know is that this is not a place for us to escape this big, bad world from, right? Because as believers... If we ever look at the church as a place to escape, what that does is that castrates our possibility, our ability to really make a difference in the world. We realize we don't think that we're the light. We're actually trying to hide the light. Right? So we come into church thinking, I just, I just need to get away from the world. To Now, I don't think it's wrong to be able to get refreshed in church. What I think is wrong is, is that you keep that refreshing in the church. Because we're supposed to go out into the world. The, the the building that we're gathering in right now is not the church. We could meet anywhere. We are the church. So it's the relationships you have. It's the community that has, have. It's that sharpening of each other, that challenging, that encouraging, that strengthening of each other because we're all working towards the same thing. What is that? To walk in all that God has for us here on earth, right? Sometimes we need a little encouragement in that. If you're alone, if you're isolated, you're going to find the devil's going to show up and tell you, did God really say? It's important for us to be connected to one another, not to give up gathering together as some go in the habit of doing, but we continue to encourage one another, strengthen one another on how we can live this life that God has called us to live. It says they devoted themselves. Devotion, it means to persevere, to not be faint of heart. Again, Jesus said he came to build his church. That Greek word is ekklesia. It's his people. It's not an organization. Frankly, I love my city church, but it's not my city church, right? It's the big C church. It's the people that are called by his name for his purpose, that are being set apart for the world. They're the people that live that way. The early Christians were not called Christians. They were called the people that live that way which meant that there was just something different about them. They lived a certain way, not because they just got together in Solomon's Colonnade or in the temple courts or anything of that sort. It was just there was something different about them. Their lifestyle was different. The things that they chose and prioritized were different. And what I see is that the moment that we decide to follow Christ, what you get is a seed, a seed that is planted into your life. A seed that is planted into your soul. And what you do with that seed is up to you. You can either let it get planted so that it can produce fruit, or you can uproot it every so often for various reasons. Can I tell you that God is more interested in us producing fruit than he is with us growing? Why else would Jesus walk by the past the fig tree and then come past it again and curse it because it looked like it was producing fruit, but it never did? God is more interested in our application, our fruit than he is in our information and in what we can recite. There's people that are producing more fruit that have one page of the Bible than the people that have the entire Bible and all the encyclopedias available to them, but they don't ever apply any of it. Because transformation only happens when you apply what you've learned. When you apply what you know. The Bible's true when it says one plants Another waters, but God makes it grow. Yes, that is true. But you decide if it's going to produce fruit. Because what you do with that seed, there's an action that we're all called to do. It's us choosing to be fruitful. God's going to make it grow, yes. But you have the choice. What kind of soil are you going to be for that seed to be fruitful? And so we look and we take in the word of God as if it's a pill trying to fix all of our problems, so we ingest it. But can I tell you, it's not a pill to be swallowed, but it's actually a seed to be planted. Because a pill will treat symptoms, right? But a seed needs root systems. If we're just trying to solve our symptoms, it's not long after that we're just looking for things to fill our need and to help us in our journey, which is good, but eventually, God calls us to produce fruit. And in order to produce fruit, you have to be planted so that your roots can get deep enough so you can get the nutrients so you can actually produce the right kind of fruit. And so we see once the word is planted, it's planted to produce fruit, which means that the fruit is determined by what you do with the seed. And we all have the choice to, do good so- to be good soil for the seed or to let it wither. Now, what you do with that being planted determines if it's good fruit or if it's bad fruit, because you can be planted in other things of this world and produce unhealthy fruit. And that's the hard part that we're all trying to manage, is that here we are called by God to produce good fruit, and we find ourselves time and time again, myself included, producing unhealthy fruit. So this is what I want you to know today, is that we can be in church, but not planted in the church Being planted in the church understands that I'm here to produce fruit, not here just to take it. There is a point for us to be edified within the body, but if it stops there, it's not producing good fruit. To be encouraged, but also to encourage others. The church is more than just being there for you. And so what this is, this this creates a little dialogue in our head where we start saying the words, well, no one ever checks in on me. Which is true, the church should, we should check in on one another. What I found, people that say that have a tough time checking in on other people. So I want to encourage, if you ever felt like you've said that, take a moment to call someone. Hey, how are you doing? Take a moment to text someone. Don't buy into that lie, no one ever checks in on me. I bet you people do, you just, it's not the the right people that you want to check in on you. Quite possibly that could be the case. But let's just live above that, and let's decide, like, no, rather than wondering if someone's going to check on me, I'm going to check in on some other people, all right? Let's live above that. So the church here right now, what I want to be able to do, the church is here to equip you, not to cater to you. As a parent, I know what it's like to give kids new, good nutrition. Now, my kids, all they ever want is cupcakes and Lucky Charm cereal. All they ever want is cookies and ice creams, but I know that there's not much nutrients in that. So what do I do? I say, Kelly, who's my wife, I say, you feed them. Because <laughs> she knows what has nutrients. <laughs> so she gives them things like broccoli. She doesn't give them just what's easy. She gives them what they need. And so the church is here to equip you, not just cater to you why because your development is more important than your comfort right like let's let's embrace that challenge for a moment my development is more important than my comfort what if it was actually the devil that wanted us to be comfortable right because if we're comfortable enough we never want to do anything we don't ever want to change right and he says well i want them to be ineffective so i'm going to have them be just comfortable enough that they don't ever do anything yeah So for our lives, what if God was the one that actually makes us uncomfortable in order to develop us, right? Because how else could you be fruitful except through discipline? Let me put it another way, except through pruning. Bible says that he prunes those that produce fruit, right? God prunes those who produce fruit, and the church is his method for that pruning. Because fruitfulness only happens when our bad mindsets are confronted, The lies that we've aligned ourselves with are confronted. What we see is when those lies get confronted, people then get hurt because they identify what they believe as who they are. And sometimes as churches, we go to church leaders, we go to confront mindsets. And what I need you to do is take a moment to disassociate your behavior with your identity. That just because you did something doesn't mean you are something. Just because you believe something doesn't mean that's what the Word of God says about you. So what we need to do as the church body is to best encourage one another through what the Scripture says about each other and to sharpen one another, not by, um, let me say it this way, the confrontation can sometimes be sharp. And I want to encourage you that that is God's MO, is modus operandi for your development for you to be able to actually produce fruit means that you have to be pruned. So we could compromise the message and we could cater to it in an effort to keep all the branches intact. But sometimes we gotta cut those mindsets, cut those beliefs, and what happens though is the church then becomes the enemy because they corrected me or they confronted me. And so now we have church hurt. And there's legitimate church hurt and then there's selfish church hurt there's times where the church gets it wrong i get it wrong countless times i've gotten it wrong and if you've fallen on the wrong side of that i ask for your forgiveness and the preemptive side of that i ask for your forgiveness because there's gonna come a time where i'm gonna say something that you do not agree with and what i want to do best is just to replicate what the word says about life And then we can talk about the word. I'm not attacking you personally. I am saying this is what the word says. Sometimes I speak about things that convict me as well. Actually, that's most of the time. I'm just out here working out my problems up here on stage. Right? (laughs) So we let our church hurt. And we start thinking, well, I'm just not going to go to church anymore. I'm not going to be a part of the gathering anymore. And we think, well, that's going to show them. But really, all you're hurting is yourself. And that's why it's so important for you to be a part of the gathering. And then uh, we turn our church hurt into a God hurt because people started hurting me. And now, well, maybe God isn't all he's cracked up to be. So we start to identify our experiences with who God is rather than what the word says who God is. All right. And then we start going around and saying, you know, that church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites. And I would say, you're probably right. So here I am on stage doing my best to live for God and everything that he has for me, and I fall short time and time again, right? But that's what we're all trying to do. Like, so we all are imperfect people, right? Pursuing a perfect God. So how do we do that? We fall short all the time. We screw up all the time. So to say the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites is like saying, I'm not gonna go to that church It's full of a bunch of hypocrites, is like, Going to the gym and saying, I'm not going to go to the gym because it's full of a bunch of people that are out of shape. Like, do you see how ridiculous that is? No, people are going to the gym to get in shape. People are going to church because they're pursuing a perfect God. Do you see? I just got one person in here that understands this word today. Like, guys, we're all imperfect. And there's got to be room for us to be on this journey together. And so if you've gotten offended by a person, what if the way that God develops you is actually through that offense? God grows us through it. We'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later, but maybe you don't have issues with anyone at church. and Maybe we're just really busy on the weekends and doing other things. Good things like going to our our kids' baseball games or or sports events or family getaways and fixing stuff around the house. These are all good things. But if they regularly take you away from the gathering, You will not see the effects right away, but just like any flower that gets cut at the stem, it can have the appearance of life, but only for a short while. And it's only a matter of time before it starts to brown and eventually withers up. You won't see the effects right away. Well, I'm just gonna miss church. Well, one week turns into two weeks. And so I keep missing church. And what I found is that the more you miss church, the less you miss church. And then you think, well, I didn't really need that. So now I'm going to hand out these flowers that look all pretty and say, look how great I'm doing. I'm not even a part of the, the gathering, the growing, the giving, the gifting anymore. I'm not planted anymore. I got no root. I'm just in like a little pot of water. But there's only a matter of time before that begins to wither because you get nutrients, you can stand strong against the winds. That blow against you when you're rooted, when you're planted. And so going to church isn't about getting your attendance gold star. Nor is it about gaining God's favor for the week because you gathered together with his people. No, church is not a place to go. Rather, it is a living body where God wants you to become a part for your good and for his glory. So I'm going to rush through these. Some of them I'm going to spend a little bit more time on. But just the basis, number one, these, I'm going to give you 10 reasons why it's important to be a part of the gathering. And some of you are like, man, he's got like 10 minutes left and 10, 10 reasons we're going to be here for another half an hour. Don't say that. <laughs> take your time. I, we take my time. It'll be a while. All right. I'm wasting time now. All right. So number one, number one reason why it's important to hear the preaching of the word. It's like water to your soul. It's important to be able to hear the preaching of the word. Reading of the word is good, but there are sometimes you get other insights from the preaching of the word. It challenges us to be the person God has called us to be. Church online is okay. You can hear the preaching of the word, but there comes a level of accountability by going in person, right? Like there's a level of hearing the word in person, responding to the word in person. I don't have a problem with online, especially if you can't make it to church, maybe you're sick or you have a disability or anything that keeps you from being able to get out of the house, it can be beneficial. But if you're able to make it to church and you use it as an excuse, it can be detrimental. It can be used as an unhealthy substitute. It gives the appearance of being planted. But there's no root because there's no accountability. And where there's no accountability, there is no ability to be pruned. And if there's no ability to be pruned, our fruitfulness is limited i got to preach a message on that whole thing one of these days. All right, number two, contribute and receive in corporate worship. Worshiping alone is good, but together as believers filled with the Spirit, there's nothing quite like it. Number three, sharpening for one another. Proverbs 27, 17 talks, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. So when we meet together regularly, we're there to encourage one another, strengthen one another, but know this, when iron rubs, it creates sparks. When it sharpens, it creates sparks. And what sparks do is they actually reveal what's in our hearts. And God uses these interactions, these altercations, to show us the areas that he wants us to repent from and work to better reflect the image of his son. So as a church, we're working aside, alongside one another to grow our love for God and also for others. It's God's way of showing our areas that he wants us to mature in. So sparks are inevitable in the house of God. But let's make a bridge and get over it. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, nice. My wife just goes, nice. Cheesy stuff like that. All right. If you stopped attending church because people hurt you, didn't measure up to your expectations or are hypocritical, know that the enemy has us right where he wants us when that happens. Satan's tactic is to divide and conquer, and he can pull us from the flock Once he does that, we're vulnerable to his deceptions and attacks. And the devil will use our lack of love for God's people to quench our love for God. Do you see how that works? Well, I like God, but I don't like his people. And the devil will be like, that God ain't much different than those people. Because you can't really love God without loving his people. You can love my wife and hate me. But if you love me and hate my wife, we're going to have a problem because we're one. Now, I don't know if God's exactly like that. I don't think you have to go to heaven for salvation. I don't think you have to love the church in order to go to heaven. But I do believe that you are leaving a door wide open for the devil to get you to not love the Lord. All right, number four, to use your gifting. Everyone has something to give. In this house, you have something unique that God wants to use to show His glory through and to bless the people with. What I found is that statistics say that 20% of the people in the church do 80% of the work. And this isn't to guilt you, to involve you, to tell you to get a part of the church. It's really just to inspire you that if you took a moment to imagine that God has supernaturally gifted you so that you can be used for Him to glorify Himself through you, like imagine what greater opportunity do you have than to be used by God the Father. Now, many of us look at church and say, man, they got it all together, and some do, some don't, right? Some churches have it all figured out, some don't, and so we think, well, they don't really need me, which is a lie. The Bible says that the work is plentiful, but the harvesters are few. Therefore, pray that God would send more workers into the harvest field, right? And what if your desire to be used by God to go into the harvest field is actually the answer to someone's prayer, God, send more workers, right, so take a moment to realize God is wanting to send workers into the harvest field. What that looks like and where that's at is actually contingent upon you figuring that out. I can't go into your life and tell you what you should do. What I need you to do is hear from God and to step out in faith and apply the word that you've heard. That's what it means to be fruitful. You gotta apply it. What does that look like? We got avenues at the church. We'll talk a little bit that, um, on week four, okay? Number five, to encourage your pastors. And a pat on the back for me right there. <laughs> Paul talks about it all the time in Philippians. He's like, I find joy in that the children are walking in the Lord, that people are walking in his ways. Like, it's such an encouragement. When you guys come up to me and share with me what the word of God, what you've been reading about in your Bible and what God's been speaking to you, gosh, there's no greater encouragement. It can be a hard job. So if you've got some things that God's been sharing with you, Let me know. (laughs) All right, so encourage your pastors. All right, so uh, godly fathers and mothers. So in the church, you find that not only is it a good place to find good godly fathers and mothers that teach you how to walk in godliness and mature things in Christ, but you can also be a good godly father and mother to someone because it's not just about what you're getting from the church, but it's about what you can give, right? Right, so you find good mentors in there. Number seven, the influence of your children in the ways and the things of God. What I find is some people go to church, and then they, 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 they backslide, and they stop going to church. Then they have kids, and the, the kids start continuing in their parents' ways of not being a part of church, not knowing God. And they see that as being a problem. So, oh, we're going to plug in at church again, so maybe the good stuff can rub off on our kids. And what I found is that the church can only do so much. The best way to model to your kids is to live a lifestyle of it, not just a Sunday morning ritual. So you can go to church, and the good's not going to rub off if it doesn't happen on Monday, and you're not talking to your kids on Tuesday, and 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 you yourself are now actually following the Lord. The good's not going to, they're going to model what you do more than what they hear on a Sunday. Now, I think it's good, it's absolutely imperative that we get our kids in church to teach them in the way that they should go, that when they're old, they will not depart from it. Okay, number eight, to be a light to the world. What better way to show the light to the world and our love and undying love that we have for one another. Could you imagine that there's no way that we could get offended to the point of where we cancel one another? Now, there are times in the Bible where they said to cancel, and that was people that were were taking lies and calling them the truth. It was Gnosticism. it's written throughout the entire Galatian, the book of Galatians, right? But we got a lot of things in common. those essentials we have unity non-essentials liberty so for us to be able to say hey you know what you could cuss me out to my face I'm still gonna love you I've had that happen and I'm okay with that because I know what we're all a bunch of imperfect people pursuing a perfect God we all got our problems we all got our days right no one's perfect we all oh, got things that we're going through. And so there's room for you here. God, I hope there's room for you here because I need room here too. <laughs> God, I wish you guys could see me every once in a while. Maybe we just, maybe we should just do like a work day where we like work with our hands. There's no way that I, I get physically expressive sometimes. It happens. My flesh gets the best of me, you know, right, <laughs> yeah we're all imperfect people right so there's got to be room for people in this church right all right number nine to help carry each other's burdens right we got to be able to carry each other's burdens to fulfill the law of christ because it can be hard what i found is that something can happen in someone's life it's life can be going good until you get a phone call something happened and, and you find out it's not going well and that's what the church is here for right sometimes we go to church because we're in need and that's okay It's okay to be able to go to church because you're in need. But when you're no longer in need, don't stop going to church. Because what I've seen is then they stop and then they're in need again, so then they come back to church. What if you just took a moment to realize, hey, if I'm not in need, maybe God's actually equipped me to be a help of someone who's in a need, right? So it's about like what I can give rather than what I can get. So the gathering is a community, us coming together. Right, and my heart goes out to people that come into church when they're in need and leave when they're not in need. Like that's okay. There's room and help available here, but let's take it just a little bit further. Wow, I'm doing really well now. So rather than unplucking and cutting that stem and then going around, right? Let's get planted. Right? Let's get planted in the things of God. Right? And let's let's start producing fruit because. Isn't that what it's about? So now you're not just taking nutrients, but you're actually giving fruit for someone else that's in need, right? Okay, and then number 10, uh, because the word of God says to. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And I can't help but see that not get in the habit, not giving up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. What that speaks to me is even the early church, people had a habit of not gathering together. And what I'm saying, let's not make that this church. Like Let's choose to be devoted to the things of God. You gotta make a choice. My wife and I, when we first got married, we stepped away from church We were there. We weren't really there, though. We were burnt out. We were hurt. We had a bunch of things going on in our life. And I think I had the perfect excuses to do what I was doing. I broke my back, fell off a ladder. I had a benign tumor in my leg that they had to remove. This was all in the span of our first three months of marriage. (laughs) We weren't, I'm not saying, well, because we didn't go to church, all that bad stuff happened. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that it's so easy to find reasons not to be planted. But I look back at that now and I say, that was not good for us. We had reasons. We tried to get a part of a group. And you know what the group leader told us? Hey, you can't come to our group. You can go to this one. It was all in good heart. You know, I'm not, I could have made that such a big excuse, right? Maybe we're not supposed to be a part of a group then. (laughs) Lie from the devil, right? But what I'm saying is excuses are a dime a dozen. The Bible says they grew in the habit of not meeting together. I think they were learning to live by their excuses, not by their devotion. And as a church, we are going to get planted this year. Look at that. You're at a great start. You have 100% church attendance for 2023. (laughs) Let's get planted in the house. Would you stand to your feet? Now, one of the first steps to being planted is actually to give your life over to Jesus. I did this some 17 years ago. My life got turned around, and it's because I gave my life to him, and I want to give you the opportunity today, in just a moment, I want you to lift up your hand, because I want to pray with you, and I want to know who I'm praying for today. If maybe you're in this place, and you said, man, I don't know God, I've never given my life over to him. or Maybe you've known God for a while and you just you backslid and you stopped knowing him and stopped going after him. I want to give you that opportunity to go back to God today. So would you lift up your hand on the count of three so I know who I'm praying with today? One, two, three. Shoot up your hand. Shoot up your hand. I see 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 your hand back there. I see your hand back there. If your hand's up, you can put it down. Now we're gonna to pray together, and I want everyone to pray this prayer out loud as a sign of support to every single person that raise their hand. Now, I love doing this because it's a turning of the heart. It's not this prayer, it's not some perfect prayer. Really, it's just a condition of the heart, and that's what I want to encourage you with right now. It's just a heart that says, God, I need you. That's really what it is. I'm tired of doing this on my own. I need you so it's a heart posture so let's let's pray together and I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me as a sign of support to every single person that raise your hand say this prayer with me say Heavenly Father I am a sinner in need of a Savior so I thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sins and so now I believe that Jesus is the son of God, and I receive his forgiveness for my sins. I am a new creation. This is my new beginning, and from this day forward, I am a child of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Would y'all put your hands together real quick? if you raise your hand, I just want to give you this great opportunity. I'm going to be by the connect corners, that green grass. Thanks, Austin. The green grass right by the entrance. I want to be able to give you a a gift. If you don't have one, I'd love to place a Bible in your hand. But I'd also just love to connect with you because it's so easy to isolate in this world. And one of the things that God has given us to keep us from isolating is his church. And I want to be able to help you get connected and planted in this house so be sure to stop by the connect corner right after service I'd love to say hi get to meet you and uh, everyone else that's in here today we'll just bring it down just a little bit here I want to be able to let's let's raise the bar of what it looks like to be devoted to God I think I've seen Christianity today well reading the Bible for more than five minutes is like a burden right and I question you, what if God's, like, calling you deeper? Right? And because the ultimate goal is for us to give our whole lives over to Christ. Right? And what I found is every single person is on a different level of that journey. My devotion looks different than your devotion. What would be ridiculous is for me to say this is what you're supposed to do. God's God might be asking more of me. He might be asking less of me compared to you. The biggest thing is that we respond to what he's asking of us. And if he's asking you to give up something, know that he's trying to give you something. Even if it's something that is good, sometimes he asks us to lay those things down so that he can give us something that is God. And that's what I want to encourage our church with today. Let's make being planted a priority Let's not give in to those excuses. I'm not going to go to church today. I just don't feel like it. Like, stuff the devil, right? Like, no, if I'm not sick or out of town because i got stuff going on, I'm not saying that's wrong to miss church. It's a posture of the heart, right? I'm not giving in to the excuses. Ah man, I stayed up. I was really late last night. Prophecy to you guys, it's New Year's Day. You could have you could have easily have said, yeah, it's New Year's Day, I ain't going to church. But look at you. That's what I call devotion. But we're not going to what I call devotion. What is God calling you to be devoted to? Can I pray over you today? Father God, I thank you for the people of this church. Bless them and keep them. Bless them in their businesses, their families, their marriages. God, those that are on the brink of divorce, would they be able to see the love that they had with one another at the beginning god i pray that you would restore the years that the locusts have taken away that you would make a way through the mighty waters a pathway through the wilderness god i thank you for people that are called apart by your name set apart for your name god i pray that we would have the wisdom to know that the devil is a liar that we don't come into alignment or agreement with the lies that he uses to isolate us from your purpose God, but I speak over this church today that today is a new beginning in their lives, that they continue to be obedient to the things and the ways of God, that they no longer compromise in what the world has called them to compromise in. God, but they stand steadfast in the truth and the things that they have been called to steadfast, what your word says, God. I pray that you would strengthen your people, that they would feel your presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in everything that they put their hand to. God, I pray that they would be obedient in season, out of season, whatever they may be going through. God, I pray that they would yield to the Holy Spirit and his power. God, I pray that they would feel the joy of the Lord that is their strength this season, that they'd be able to step out into the world to be a light to the world, that they would seize every opportunity in their businesses and their conversations and everything in between. God, to make your name great, to share the light and the love of Jesus Christ in their schools, help them to take every opportunity that they have, God. And some of you in here, God's been giving you opportunities with family. And for those opportunities, he says, you haven't missed it yet. And you didn't even screw it up because my word doesn't return void. So when you were witnessing to them, and you're talking about the love of Jesus. That was a seed that was planted. Now he's saying, I want you to pray that that seed gets watered. Someone's going to water it. You planted it. I'm going to make it grow. It's happening. Keep praying. Father God, I thank you for all the seeds that go out to share the good news. We pray that they would find good soil. I thank you for our church. I pray that you'd bless them and keep them. I thank you for our groups. I thank you for those that give financially each and every week. I pray that you'd open up doors that no man can open. God, rain down blessing upon them as they steward best that they know how, God. I pray that every single person would see the ability that they have to contribute to advancing your kingdom here on earth. God, I thank you for your church. Bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we love you, My City Church. Hope you have a great week. Be sure to come back for next week, part two, of Planted, The Growing. Have a great week. God bless. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.